Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome, everyone, to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is the Coral Castle, the Georgia Guidestones, and the Mystery Hill. Before we start getting into the details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research the background, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides the psychic insight to answer those questions. Excuse me. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of stone monuments or associated subjects. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Today's subject was based on a listener's suggestion, so a shout-out goes to the listener who suggested Edward Lidskalnin for an episode on geniuses. Edward, or Ed Lidskalnin, built the Coral Castle in Florida between 1923 and 1951. Today, the Coral Castle Museum is privately owned, but open to the public. The Coral Castle was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1984 under its original name of Rockgate Park. I think we will call Edward Ledskalden Ed. Why did Ed decide to build Rockgate Park starting in 1923, taking up 28 years of his life? He said he built it for his sweet 16 who was his 16-year-old fiancée, Agnes Scuffs, who rejected him the day before their planned wedding in their homeland of Latvia. Ed was 26 at the time. After the rejection, he apparently wanted to show her and presumably the world that he was capable of creating something remarkable. How did he end up living in Florida? From Wikipedia, here's an account of his early days in the United States. Quote, on April the 7th, 1912, Lidskalnin arrived in New York City. After looking for suitable work at the East Coast till August, he, re- he relocated to the Pacific Northwest, which experienced a lumbering boom. On June the 5th, 1917, he filled in his draft registration in Oregon, stating that he was self-employed and engaged in axe handle manufacturing. The 1920 census data reveals that he resided in Reedsport, Oregon. In the winter of 1922-1923, after allegedly contracting tuberculosis, Lee Skalnin moved to the warmer climate of Florida, where he purchased an undeveloped parcel of land in the Florida city, which at the time was lightly inhabited. On February 27, 1923, the Homestead Enterprise newspaper published a notice that E. 
Lid Skelman, a Californian, had purchased an acre of the R.L. Moser homestead and is planning to erect a home soon, unquote. After he had bought the land, why did he call his creation Rock Gate Park? Because of the eight feet or 2.4 meter tall revolving gate. It was carved out of rock and cleared, cleared, cleared the walls next to it by a mere quarter of an inch. The gate weighs nine tons or over 8,000 kilograms or more than an African elephant. Before it needed repair in 1986, apparently the gate could be moved with a push of a finger. In 1986, it took six men and a 50-ton crane to repair it. The gate needed a bearing replaced, but the gate didn't move as easily after the bearing replacement as it had done before. The repair only lasted nine years, but the second repair is holding up. To achieve the same precision for aligning the shaft as Ed did, today laser-guided tools would be required. Successful bonding of the bearing in place would probably require modern adhesives, which would not have been available in the 1920s. If the gateway is more than an African elephant, then Ed must have had a lot of help building his park. He did it all on his own, apparently. This is very hard to believe, especially as he was about 5 feet or 1.5 meters tall and weighed 100 pounds or 45 kilograms. Also, at one, at one time, he was not in the best of health. And in 1922, he did actually contract tuberculosis, which uh, prompted him, as mentioned, to move to the warmer weather of Florida. The tuberculosis went away after Ed apparently had used magnets. In the early part of the 20th century, tuberculosis was a leading cause of death in the United States, with very few people recovering from it. This is beginning to sound really weird. What did he build besides a massive, heavy gate that revolved with a touch of a finger? He built an entire park using an estimated 1,000 tons or about 900 metric tons of rock and then moved it all. He did that with a fourth grade level education. The best resource I found for his story was an episode of the television show In Search Of from 1981 entitled The Castle of Secrets. The show was presented by Leonard Nimoy, who played Mr. Spock in the original Star Trek series. The entire show is available online. So a film crew boldly went to Florida and presented the story in a logical manner? Yeah, they rather glossed over, glossed over Ed's unusual tuberculosis recovery. As mentioned earlier, uh, Ed purchased land, but only after thorough searching and through, the, and through thorough investigation. He chose a poor piece of land for normal use, uh, it had oolite limestone near the surface and not much in the way of topsoil. Oolite limestone is formed from dead coral within the Miami area, the rock being only about 130,000 years old. So he was looking for a source of rock to build his park or castle. Yes, he needed a raw material, but apparently the site was near a location where nine ley lines converge. We talked about ley lines in the show about crop circles. They are hypothetical straight lines on maps between ancient ruins and natural landmarks. For instance, 14 ley lines converge at Stonehenge. But we haven't mentioned what Ed actually built with approximately 1,000 tons of rock that he quarried. Before we get into that, we have to try and figure out how he quarried the rock, let alone shaped it. In the television show In Search Of, they demonstrated with modern powered equipment it couldn't quarry a five ton or 4,500 kilogram block of rock. In fact, they nearly toppled over a tracked vehicle and then gave up on the attempt. People must have been able to watch him build the park and then move it. But why did he move it? According to the In Search of episode, because a bunch of thugs beat him up and robbed him. So he moved the entire castle about 10 miles from Florida City to Homestead, Florida, hiring a flatbed truck with driver to help with the work. How do you move a rocket weighing nine tons or more than an African elephant on a 1930s flatbed truck? A 1930s Ford Model A flatbed truck had a one-ton capacity. Today, today's flatbeds can haul over 20 tons, but they are huge semi-trailer trucks or 18-wheelers. Somebody must have seen something. This doesn't make any sense. Apparently, when Ed was building the castle, there were various neighbors spying on him. The castle was built with eight feet or 2.4 meters high outer walls that provided some privacy. 
When he sensed he was being watched, he would stop working until the spying had stopped. According to the In Search of Television episode, he would only load the sculpted rocks on the flatbed when the driver couldn't see him do it. He would send the driver away before loading. Nobody reported seeing anything strange, but who would have believed them if they did? Wikipedia explains that Ed claimed that he knew secrets from the past. Quote, he used various basic tools available under his modest means, including salvage timber and old automobile parts. First, he built a house out of limestone blocks and wood. Then he gradually constructed a stone structure for which he is now famous. Despite his reserved personality, he eventually opened the Coral Castle to the public, offering tours for 10 cents. When people were asking about Lee Skelnan, how he had moved all of the heavy stone by himself, he usually replied, I understand the laws of weight and leverage, and I know the secrets of the people who built the pyramids, referring to the pyramids at Giza, Egypt. Some local residents later remembered that as, a sc as school children, they had field trips to the construction site of the future Coral Castle, and Lee Skelnan personally explained manual methods of his work, unquote. Weren't the pyramids built with thousands of slaves, dirt ramps, and rollers? History suggests that, along with massive construction made with the precision of a Swiss watch, this along with the completion of an individual pyramid within about 20 years. But Ed did everything himself, so he must have used technology that is not widely known, whether or not based on the secrets of the pyramids. The Coral Castle site con contents are described in Wikipedia. Quote, the stones are fastened together without mortar. They are set on top of each other, using their weight to keep them together. The craftsmanship detail is so skillful and the stones are connected with such precision that no light passes through the joints. The eight foot, 2.4 meter tall vertical stones that make up the perimeter wall have a uniform height. But I think we're gonna to have to continue this quote after the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue talking about Coral Castle after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Peep Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is. But you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 
We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing Coral Castle and how it was supposedly built. So, Dad, you were quoting a Wikipedia article that describes the castle. Yeah, I'll continue the quote. Even with the passage of decades and a direct hit on August the 24th, 1992, by the Category 5 Hurricane Andrew, the stones have not shifted. Many of the features and carvings of the castle are notable. Among them are a two-story castle tower that served as Leeds Garnon's living quarters, an accurate sundial, a Polaris telescope, an obelisk, a barbecue, a water well, a fountain, celestial stars and planets, and numerous pieces of furniture. The furniture pieces include a heart-shaped table, a table in the shape of Florida, 25 rocking chairs, chairs resembling crescent moons, a bathtub, beds and a throne. With few exceptions, the objects are made from single pieces of stone that weigh on average 15 short tons or 14 tons, long tons each. The largest stone weighs 30 short tons or 27 tons, and the tallest are the two monoliths standing 25 feet or 7.6 meters each. A short ton is 2,000 pounds or 907 kilograms. Just how much damage resulted from Hurricane Andrew? Again from Wikipedia, Hurricane Andrew caused incredible devastation. Quote, Hurricane Andrew was a Category 5 Atlantic hurricane that struck the Bahamas and Florida in mid-August 1992, the most destructive hurricane to ever hit the state until Hurricane Irma surpassed it 25 years later. It was the strongest in decades and the costliest hurricane to make landfall anywhere in the United States until it was surpassed by Katrina in 2005. Andrew caused major damage in the Bahamas and Louisiana, but the greatest impact was felt in South Florida, which sustained wind speeds as high as 165 miles per hour or 270 kilometers per hour. Passing directly through the city of Homestead in Dade County, now known as Miami-Dade County, it stripped many homes of all but their concrete foundations. In total, it destroyed more than 63,500 houses damaged more than 124,000 others, caused $27.3 billion in damage, and left 65 people dead, unquote. So Hurricane Andrew had a direct hit on the Coral Castle. Going back to the details of the castle, the gate wasn't the heaviest item. Yes, each quarry stone in the outer wall weighs about 23 tons or 21,000 kilograms each. The heaviest object, the obelisk, features the Latvian star carved into its top, weighs around 28 tons or 25,000 kilograms. But the object I think most is the most interesting is the sundial. Sundials aren't uncommon. What is so special about this sundial? Travel author Kenin Bassart posted an article on the Coral Castle on the Constant Rambler website. The following are his comments about the sundial. Quote, Being a science nerd, one of my personal favorite pieces on the property was the sundial built and designed by Ed. It can actually track the time of day within one to two minutes between the hours of nine and four. He chose nine nine to four because he felt that those were the hours that a man should work. The ovals are shaped in a way that they adjust for the Earth's rotational and axial changes throughout the year. It is thought to be the only sundial of its kind in the world, unquote. I think we could go on much longer about the wonders of the Coral Castle, but did Ed's former fiancée, Agnes Scuffs, ever visit the tribute built to honor her? 
No, Agnes Scoffs never visited the Coral Castle, even though she was apparently invited. But Agnes became the subject of a track from singer-songwriter Billy Idol's 1986 Whiplash Smile album. Sweet Sixteen was written by Billy, apparently after he had seen the In Search Of episode. The song was a hit, reaching number 20 on the United States Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1987, but also charting around the world. I recommend listening to it. I think that Billy made a wonderful recording. One video I found starts with a picture of Ed with the coral castle in the background, and, the, and then the words, love turned to stone, are added. We need to get you away from music and switch topics. Let's move on to the Georgia Guidestones. Here's a brief overview from the Mother Nature Network website, and I quote, the Georgia Guidestones, sometimes referred to as the American Stonehenge, is a granite monument erected in Albert County, Georgia, in 1979. The stones are engraved in eight languages, English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian, each relaying ten new commandments for an age of reason. The stones also line up with certain astronomical features, end quote. The Guidestones in Albert County are about 110 miles or 180 kilometers northeast of Atlanta. Most other sources state that the monument was actually erected in 1980. Sometimes the monument is referred to as America's Stonehenge. Is there anything special about the choice of site for the Guidestones? Well, it is certainly a place well known for granite. The following is from Georgia Trend website, and I quote, for as long as anyone can remember, granite has been the foundation of Albert County's economic success. Drive around this rural northeast Georgia region and you'll soon come upon deep pits cut into the earth. At one such quarry just outside the town of Elberton, tall cranes are lifting up massive blocks of the pale stone for loading onto big trucks. From here they are shipped to companies where they're cut and shaped into everything from cemetery markers to countertops. Workmen, many of whom have been employed at this craft for generations, work in sheds to turn these rocks into something resembling art. What does the monument look like besides being made of granite? Wikipedia provides a description, and I quote, One slab stands in the center, with four arranged around it. A capstone lies on top of the five slabs, which are astronomically aligned. An additional stone tablet, which is set in the ground a short distance to the west of the structure, provides some notes on the history and purpose of the guidestones. The article continues. The monument is 19 feet 3 inches or 5.87 meters tall, made from six granite slabs weighing 237,746 pounds or 107,840 kilograms in all. The anonymity of the Guidestones authors and their apparent advocacy of the population control, eugenics, and internationalism have made them a target for conspiracy and controversy in theory. I don't like the sound of eugenics, but who built the Guidestones? Again, Wikipedia provides information, although it's a mystery. In June 1979, a man using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Fishing Finishing Company on behalf of a small group of local Americans and commissioned the structure. Christian explained that the stones would function as a compass, calendar, and clock and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. Joe Fenley of Elberton Granite assumed that the Christian was a nut and attempted to discourage him by giving a quote several times higher than any project the company had taken, explaining that the Guidestones would require additional tools and consultants. Christian accepted the quote. When arranging payment, Christian explained that he represented a group which had been planning the Guidestones for 20 years and which attended to remain anonymous, end quote. The Guidestones in the land they are built on are now the property of Albert County after Robert C. Christian had transferred ownership. I, excuse me, I'd read that the stones were carefully placed to align with the solstices and the equinoxes, but what are the ten new commandments? Please note that by reading these out, neither of us in any way should be assumed to be agreeing with the content of any of the ten new commandments, but they are as follows. Number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, 
unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. Wasn't there a strange stone cube that was added and then removed in 2014? Yes, the cube had been located at the top corner of one of the vertical stones. The story apparently said earlier than 2014, here's part of an article from the website Slate, and I quote, In 2009, a six-inch cube of granite was removed from the top of one of the guidestones. Four years later, police arrested William Jeremy Ellis, having caught him trying to replace that same cube in the middle of the night. He confessed he was the original thief, and explained he stole the chunk of granite for personal, esoteric, and numerological reasons. When apprehended, he was in the process of returning it because he didn't want that weight anymore. The notch from which the cube was filched remained empty until just this summer, when a new cube marked with letters and numbers appeared in the hole. Speculation over the addition ran rampant as the numerological analysis of the 8, 16, 20, and 14 that had been carved into the cube's faces, end quote. On September 25, 2014, the cube was found to be removed and smashed to the ground. The cube's complete markings were MM, 16, 20, 14, 8, and JAM, with one marking for each side of the cube. I think we have to go into the next break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue discussing the Georgia Guidestones after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were just finishing up talking about the Georgia Guidestones and the strange commandments and markings on the small cube that were found. But let's move on to a different topic. So, Dad, can you please introduce the next topic? Yes, I think we'll move on to Mystery Hill in Salem, New Hampshire, not to be confused with the Mystery Hill of North Carolina with its claimed gravitational anomaly. Also, Salem, New Hampshire should not be confused with Salem, Massachusetts, famous for the witch trials. Just to add to the confusion, from 1982, Mystery Hill was renamed America's Stonehenge to distinguish itself from other nearby sites with stone monuments. But I wonder if there are any other or any ley lines in the area. I couldn't find any clear information on whether there are or not, but here's a description of the area from the website Mystery Hill NH. Quote, the Mystery Hill archaeological site, better known as America's Stonehenge, is situated on the exposed bedrock summit of Mystery Hill in North Salem, New Hampshire. The site consists of a core complex of 13 stone chambers, several enclosures, niches, stone walls, stone lined drains, small grooves and basins, and other features which cover about one acre on the summit. Extending outward and surrounding the core complex are more walls, niches, standing stones, and two procession ways. Along the perimeter of the summit are four confirmed astronomical alignments. Below the summit on the slopes of the hill are a 14th chamber, two utilized natural caves, springs, stone walls, stone cairns, niches, standing stones, and other features. In total, the site covers about 105 acres. What is a stone cairn or a niche? A cairn is a human-made stack of stones, while a niche is just a human-created recess in a rock wall. The article goes on, with Mystery Hill being not that unusual for the area, apparently. Quote, America's Stonehenge is not unique. Throughout the northeastern United States and southeastern Canada, there are thousands of archaeological sites with stone cairns, niches, enclosures, standing stones, and other types of structures. Over 500 of these sites contain stone chambers. Astronomical alignments have been confirmed at some of these sites as well. America's Stonehenge stands out amongst all of these sites because it is arguably the most complex, sophisticated, and visually impressive of all the, un all the known stone structure sites in northeastern United States, unquote. When were the rock features put together? The same website provides an answer, quote, an impressive number of carbon-14 dates have been obtained from charcoal samples found during excavations at the site. These dates range from 7,000 years ago to as recently as 200 years ago. The earliest carbon-14 date, which is directly linked to construction activity on the site, is 2,995 before present, or about 3,000 years ago. Carbon-14 dates and some artifacts found at the site suggest continued, uh, continued activity at the site into the early historic period, just prior to white settlement of the region. Conservatively speaking, there is evidence of continued human presence, pre 
presence related to the stone structures of site for a 2,500 year time period. Detailed archaeological and architectural analysis of the structures suggests the site went through five cultural phases, each with its own distinct architecture. Rather than built, being built as a single large scale construction project, the site evolved through multiple building episodes that expanded, modified and upgraded it." Unquote. That makes the question of who built it rather complicated, as it was built by different people over thousands of years. Various websites mention the contribution of Irish Coldy monks from around 1000, 1000 AD and Goidelic Celts between 800 and 600 BC. Kuldi monks apparently were Gnostics, teachers and healers, and practiced meditation. Gnosticism, simply put, involves a belief that salvation is gained through knowledge. Goidelic Celts were people from Ireland and Western Scotland, with Goidelic referring to their language. Wait a minute. We are talking about ancient people and people from the early Middle Ages. Christopher Columbus didn't discover America until 1492. Vikings may have crossed the Atlantic all the way to America. They are believed to have settled in Greenland. In the history books, ancient peoples are from the British islands didn't travel to America. Their technology would not allow it. Wouldn't it make sense that Native Americans built up the site over the centuries? I find that hard to argue with. The origins of Mystery Hill are controversial. Here's part of an article from Wikipedia that dismisses any European connections. Quote, in 1982, David Stuart Smith, director of restoration at Mystery Hill, conducted an excavation of a megalith found in a stone quarry to the north of the main site. His research team excavated the quarry site under the supervision of the New Hampshire State Archaeologist and discovered hundreds of chips and flakes from the stone. They concluded that, that this was evidence of tool manufacture consistent with American Indian lithic techniques, although no date could be ascertained. Archaeologist Clive Runnell stated, no Bronze Age artifacts have been found there. In fact, no one has found a single artifact of European origin from that period anywhere in the New World, unquote. What other theories are there? Some modern ones. Here's an excerpt from an article from the website Unmuseum. Quote, the recent history of the hill starts with Jonathan Patty, Patty was a farmer who lived at the site from 1826 to 1848. There are many different and conflicting stories about Patty, including that he was a robber, ran an illicit steel, and operated a stop on the famous Underground Railroad that spirited escaped slaves from the south to safety. One thing for sure is that he used one of the structures as a cellar for his farmhouse. Rumors abounded that Patty had built the structures with the help of his five sons for no apparent reason. This seems unlikely as one of the site stones was found locked in the stump of a tree that started growing around 1769, long before Patty came to the area. In 1936, the site came into the hands of William P. Goodwin. Goodwin had a pet theory that Irish monks had crossed the Atlantic long before Columbus and, responsible, and were responsible for the structures on the hill. Goodwin conducted his own form of archaeology on the site by getting rid of whatever evidence that didn't fit his theory. The loss of these artifacts is one of the reasons the, the enigma of Mystery Hill is so deep." Unquote. Another theory is that colonials created stone tables at the site in order to make soap. With that, I think it's time to ask the first question. Yes. How did Ed Leeds Skalnan overcome the then almost fatal disease of tuberculosis? Was it with the use of magnets? That was part of it, yes, and also natural remedies. So trying different herbs, spices, and basically using whatever could be available at the time. And also his body kept fighting and did not give up. So it was part of the life chart not to die from the disease, but instead overcome it. So Ed overcame it with his own knowledge, is that correct? He had some help, yes, but mostly his knowledge. Did Ed build the Coral Castle Press or win back former fiance Agnes Scuffs? That was part of it, yes. Why didn't Agnes Scuffs ever visit the Coral Castle, even though she was invited? She didn't want to, so she basically didn't want anything to do with the castle. Ed had a fourth grade level education. 
Where did he gain the knowledge to do his work? A lot through books and handed down knowledge. So he read different books and was basically self-taught. Where did Ed get the idea to build the Coral Castle? Through his own imagination and through dreams. Why did Ed settle on the original location of Florida City? Was it because it had had a good source of coral stone or was it located near converging ley lines or was it for both of those reasons? Both. How did Ed manage to quarry the rock to create the nine ton, eight foot root tall revolving gate? Well, let's just say that he had some help to use techniques to move the rock since there were not advanced techniques as of today to move the rock around. So would we call this paranormal help? Yes. How did Ed move and manipulate the nine-ton rock used to create the revolving gate? Again, with extra help. How did Ed get the help? Did he ask for it? Partly yes, and partly that the help wanted to experiment with different rock types and building techniques. What was the nature of the help? That it was very advanced for the time, but it wasn't widely available at the time, and it used techniques that aren't very earth-like. How did Ed design and build a shaft and bearing that allowed the gate to move so easily for so many years? Again, with extra help. So that was basically partially dreams, partially extra help. How did Ed perfectly balance the stone gate to rotate so smoothly on its axis? Again, the extra help provided the measurements and the precision that was needed. You have probably answered this already. How did Ed quarry approximately a thousand tons of rock in such a short time? with only primitive equipment. More advanced technology was used. How did Ed carve the beautiful shapes with only primitive tools? That he did partly by himself, but was shown how to do it. Why did Ed stop working when he sensed he was being watched? Because others did not want to be discovered. Why did Ed move the Coral Castle from Florida City to Homestead? Was it because he was beaten and robbed? Partly yes, and partly because there were too many wandering eyes. Ed loaded giant rocks on the flatbed truck, only while the driver wasn't watching. How did he do that? Basically distracting the driver, and also again different equipment that wasn't widely known about. But we'll have to continue discussing the psychic insight and the questions after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howell expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. 
Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chucked full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions on the psychic insight, and we were discussing Coral Castle. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. How could a 1930s flatbed truck, which could only carry about a ton, carry 10, 20, or 30 tons? Again, with extra help, almost anything was possible. Why would the driver allow Ed to load a carved stone that would crush his truck let alone have insufficient power or braking to start or stop. Again, the driver was distracted. The driver wasn't really aware of what was going on. Did Ed use other means than a flatbed truck to move the stones and monuments? Yes. How did the Coral Castle no more to use survive the wrath of Hurricane Andrew without damage? Because of the way the stones are put together, so it didn't need mortar. It basically was a means where the stones are interlocked with a different means. How did Ed design and build a sundial that can track time within one to two minutes with ovals that adjust for the Earth's rotational and axial changes all throughout the year? Again, with extra help, so he wasn't knowledgeable to build something such as that. What were the mechanical equipment with magnetic properties and the electrical equipment found in Ed's living quarters used for? Basically, for the building of the actual castle and different magnetic properties, so it was used with the stones and also the magnetic fields of the Earth. If we understood more about the mechanical and electrical devices, would we understand more about how it was done? Yes. Did Billy Idol write the hit song Sweet Sixteen after seeing the In Search of the Castle of Secrets television episode? Not exactly, so no. Did Billy Idol visit the Coral Castle? Yes. Was that how he got the idea for the song? Vaguely, yes, but it was based on other things too. Was the Coral Castle really love turned to stone? That wouldn't be said, no. Did Ed actually understand the secrets of building the pyramids, or did he discover other secrets? His brain couldn't comprehend all the information. So yes, he knew why and who helped build the pyramids, but his brain couldn't comprehend all the information and couldn't comprehend the more advanced technology. Changing subject to the Georgia Guidestones, what was the purpose of building the Georgia Guidestones? They have a secret message. Why are there ten new commandments engraved in eight languages? Because it is a message for people visiting who can decipher the message and each language provides a different clue. Why are the Guidestones astronomically aligned? Because the message isn't for Earth. Why is there so much secrecy behind the designers of the Guidestones? Because they don't want to be revealed for safety reasons. What type of person is an individual with a pseudonym Robert C. Christian? 
a very intelligent person and you could call them basically living very secretly secretly after the build what type of people were in the group with robert robert c christian very intelligent people so they were very knowledgeable and very smart you'll probably answer this but i will ask anyway what is the motivation for getting the guidestones built basically as a message and to communicate this message why was ownership of the guidestones passed to albert county to make sure they were guarded in a way what is the point of the 10 new commandments especially the first one of maintaining humanity under 500 million to be in perpetual balance with nature as basically a clear clue for humans to decipher but also a message to others so it basically illustrates how without the earth there would be no humans so to save humanity you must save the earth why was the strange cube added in 2014 with the markings mm 16 20 14 8 and jam sorry i'll say that again why was the strange cube added in 2014 with the markings it provides the location of another message why was the cube with the markings later smashed to the ground it was by someone who wasn't supposed to do that and so that's why it's very difficult since people do like to destroy different things have the georgia guystones met their intended purpose not yet no there seems to be a lot of negativity about the georgia guystones are there grounds for that negativity yes and no so if the messages fall into the wrong hands it could be used for something not so positive but if it, it is used for the intended purposes and is deciphered in the right way then no it would not be negative but that's why it's so complicated is that it needs to fall into the right hands not the wrong ones why were the ghost guide stones located where they are in georgia basically because the location is very visible so it's somewhere that is very visible from other places and is a special place on earth changing subject to mystery hill in salem new hampshire is there a major convergence of ley lines near the site yes why are there thousands of archaeological sites located in the northeastern united states and in southeastern canada basically because of the past and what happened in the past so there's a lot of information and objects buried there that are kind of just waiting to be uncovered how old are the mystery hillstone features are they from 7000 to 200 years ago more towards the older side so more towards the 7000 did irish coldy monks from around 1000 ad or goidelic celts between 800 and 600 bc have any contribution to the building of Mystery Hill? Partially, but not completely. So there were others involved too. Why would ancient peoples from Europe be mentioned when America wasn't discovered until much later? There were differences in the earth a long time ago and the land wasn't what it is today. So when people in the more new age thought they discovered the land, they weren't always the first ones walking on it. Was a mystery hill created by Native American peoples without any influence from Europe? Yes, so the original part was created without influence and it was added to. Okay, started by Native, Native Americans but added to with other influences. Did 19th century farmer Jonathan Patty or his family have any part in the building of the structures? No. From the 1930s, did William P. Goodwin interfere with the stones by removing evidence that the stone features were not built by Irish monks? There was tampering with the stones, yes. Was there a loss of artifacts in the 1930s? Yes. Can they be retrieved? They were destroyed, so no. Did colonials create stone tables at Mystery Hill for the purpose of making soap? Not exactly, no. They are used for more than just making soap. So the colonials use the tables for whatever day-to-day -day purposes they needed? Yes. What can we learn from the incredible life story of Edward Leedskelnen and the building of the Coral Castle? Basically, that if someone sets their mind to something, that they can achieve it. It might not be in the way that people think they may achieve it. And it might seem like a very mystical way. But if you set your mind to something, there is always a way to achieve it. And the answer isn't always obvious. 
and there's obviously this mystery surrounding him. But just because he wasn't trained completely in school doesn't mean he wasn't intelligent and wasn't educated in his own way. So obviously schools are very important for everyone to attend, but it's the learning outside of the school too that contributes. What can we learn from the Georgia Guidestones? That there are many different messages that aren't unlocked yet, and it's very difficult since language is so unique and language changes so often. So it's important that ancient languages are carried down through family traditions and through families and are continued to be learned and documented. And it's also never okay to tamper with something. So if you find an artifact, if you find something, it's not okay to destroy it or tamper with it, but instead it should be put into the proper hands. What can we learn from Mystery Hill? Uh, there are still a lot of mysteries, and especially from ancient times, a lot is not understood. But again, do not tamper with artifacts and destroy them, since it's never a smart idea. And it's never a smart idea to bring artifacts home with you, since you don't know what they are made of. You don't know the history. You don't know how dangerous they are. And also, that's what's in the history books is complicated, since if there are no humans, there's no actual documentation. Not everything in the history books is always correct. That was the last answer. Is the technology that built the Coral Castle too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I think we need a final shout out to the listener who suggested Edward Lee Skullman for today's show. Um, it was far more fascinating than I ever imagined. I'd heard about the Coral Castle, but I never realized what a fantastic um, um, or set of structures it actually is. Yes, I think today's episode was so interesting since there's all these structures and there's more too that are made and we have no or little evidence and we have little known about them. So it's really interesting that there's all these structures that no one really ever thinks about unless you go visit them. Yeah, the Georgia Guidestones were interesting because um, uh, I think people think they're very, um, I don't know, all about the new world order, let's say. And I think um, there's a lot of negativity. Now it's interesting to hear that there's another purpose that uh, nobody really has discussed. Well, as always, as we mentioned, this was part of a listener suggestion. So as always, you can message us on Facebook at Too Good To Be True or go to our website, toogoodtobetrue.net, and you can provide listener suggestions. So for example, Coral Castle, I don't think I would have ever thought about it. Dad, I don't think you would have either. So it's a very interesting topic for us to discuss, and we really like when we get suggestions so we can provide content that the listeners enjoy. But as always, thank you to all the listeners for listening. If you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, feel free to contact us. And we look forward to next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? 
Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.